Welcome to episode 94 of the Energy Talks podcast, and I'm going to be talking to Justin Rangudi, who is the Executive Director for Energy Storage Canada. Uh, they just have released a new report called Energy Storage, a Key Pathway to Net Zero in Canada. And I'm really interested in this because storage is one of those technologies that uh, was in development for a long time. We've had lithium-ion batteries, and but it has mushroomed in the last, let's say, five years, but really taken off in the last couple. So it's not just about batteries. There's all kinds of other technologies. Plus, we have old technologies like using hydro dams, uh, of which we have an abundance in Canada, using them as storage. So welcome to the interview, Justin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Look, this is really interesting because, uh, first of all, we don't talk about it very much. I mean, never mind talking about how we need to double or triple electricity by 2050 in, because of the energy transition. We don't talk about that very much in Canada. Uh, we sure as heck don't talk about storage much. And so I think your report is really timely. And what what I, I'll just let listeners know, what we're going to do is talk about supply first. So how much generation we need and where we need it and that sort of thing. And then we'll get into the discussion of where energy, uh, storage fits in that. Different provinces have different uh, require will have different requirements, that sort of thing. So take us through what your organization thinks about the generation, new generation uh, that's coming online in Canada between now and and 2035. Oh, that's great. And it, it's a great question. And, and really, it all depends on the extent that each province is, is trying to achieve net zero uh, in their province. So what we did with our report was, for, like, as you mentioned in your intro, was that in the discussion over energy transition and achieving net zero, they always talk about the generation side of things, you know, the clean resources, wind, solar, nuclear, hydro, what have you. And really what was left out was there was an understanding that energy storage plays a critical role, but what was really was left out of it is how much energy storage is going to be needed to achieve that, those net zero goals. So that's the purpose of this report. And we concluded that that over across Canada, uh, we will need about 8 to 12 gigawatts of energy storage uh, by 2035 to achieve net zero goals. And in our paper, we break it down by provinces and looked at the different supply mixes. So some provinces will require more energy storage, others will require a bit less. It all depends on their unique uh, provincial supply mix. But regardless, energy storage is required really across the province to achieve Canada's energy transition goals. Yeah, uh, uh, we can't say this enough. Uh, the Canadian electricity system is not like the American system, and it's not like the European system. We have, uh, because under our constitution, the provinces are responsible for electricity. Most of the, I mean, the electric electricity systems are very provincially focused. They're almost like little silos, uh, and they're often uh, uh, managed by crown corporation utilities. So that's something that's that's quite unique to Canada. And we already have 80, 82% clean electricity in that system. So how do you, uh, this is a system that took 125 years to build. It's very reliable. It's very cost effective. Uh, it's very clean, but now it has to double or triple in a relatively short space of time. That means new technologies like wind and solar and geothermal and who knows maybe more nuclear in this form of small modular nuclear reactors we don't know uh that's the context in which in which we're where we're talking about so let's talk about energy consumption in, in at the national level how much more do you think 
how much more electricity do you think we're going to need by 2035? Well, we're hearing like different reports have different numbers. You're looking at a substantial increase due to electrification. So we can start breaking down what that means. So you're looking at electrification due to the uh, increase in electric vehicle use uh, by the 20 by 2035. But you're also looking at industrial uses now too, looking to kind of clean their operations uh, and get more greener. But also another key factor, and we identified this in the report, is corporations, financiers have ESG objectives. And they're now demanding of governments and system operators and the provinces that they invest in, the companies that they invest in, to achieve some clean energy objective. So that's also driving the need for electrification. So really, what number it is, you can go with different provinces across Canada, there's different amounts, but it definitely is, due to electrification, going to be a substantial increase. So you're going to need new generation. And with new generation, you're going to need tools to better optimize that and make it more efficient. And that's where energy storage fits in. Yeah, it's interesting to look at one. I'm looking at one of your charts uh, on consumption forecast growth by province. And it's interesting to see, uh, for instance, the uh, amount of uh, electricity that will be consumed by industrial operations is higher in Alberta than British Columbia, higher in Quebec than Ontario. And by a significant amount, maybe almost double would be my guess looking at your at your uh, bar chart. Um why is Quebec, uh, Quebec's industry, uh, going to be consuming more, so much more electricity than Ontario's? I, I think that's just due to the industrial base that each province provinces has, with a strong uh, commercial industrial base. There's going to be an increased use of electrification. There's also probably about as the provinces, we looked at population growth. So those provinces with a greater population will be looking to electrify more. If it's space heating, if it's electric vehicles, for instance, there's going to be a lot more use of electricity. So what our paper kind of highlights is those, but those provinces that have more of a greater population will have that greater potential for more energy use. Yeah, and I, I you know, Quebec uh, has, and hit, this is something, again, that we need to emphasize is that Clean, reliable, reasonably priced electricity is a huge competitive advantage in the economy, the clean energy economy that's emerging. So uh, I, you know, I talk to entrepreneurs that are looking at siting plants, and, and I've often asked them, you know, what role does the access to, uh, you know, low or zero carbon electricity uh, mean when you when you're looking at sites? And they say it's top of the list. If you can't, if you can't give me zero carbon electricity, I'm going to the next jurisdiction. I, I'm not even going to talk to you. And so, if this isn't just about decarbonizing the economy, it's not just about meeting climate targets. It's about being competitive in the new industry that's emerging uh, along with the the clean energy economy, with the energy transition. And so, if Canadians want to maintain the lovely lifestyles that we have and the high incomes that we have, if we're not paying attention to the electricity system by 2030, by 2040, by 2050, we're going to be in trouble. No, I, I think you nailed it there. It's uh, to me, what I see that that most compelling piece is, yeah, given that the, the ESG objectives of corporations and the banking industry and the financial industry, I think that's a very compelling thing that, that that transcends kind of politics too, which kind of gets in the way of making sure that we have a consistent path towards uh, electrification and, and achieving net zero goals. So having the financial sector and businesses being demanding it as well, coupled with the public will um, 
to invest and, and, and enjoy clean energy. I think that goes a long way that we're on a solid path, hopefully. Okay. Um, how, where are we going to put this uh, storage? Uh, which province, which provinces are going to require the most storage and which one's the least? So I think we can start with the least, and it's not a matter of that energy storage is not required. It's just that there are certain provinces in the country that are blessed with abundant uh, water power. So British Columbia, Manitoba, and even Quebec, they have an abundant supply. So, um, you know, they don't need much more clean energy, really. Um, so what we identified is that there is some need for energy storage that could be more on the of poles and wires investments or transmission station upgrades or but also a role for pump storage as well in, in, in those water power heavy um, provinces so there's some there not as much but where there's a lot of potential for energy storage is where there where provinces aren't as blessed with those natural resources that are going to need capacity will need energy need to decarbonize their current grid so we're looking at alberta and ontario and the maritimes um, to have fossil fuel generation and coupled with uh, needing to meet upcoming supply needs so they're looking at alternatives how to um you know wean themselves off fossil fuel generation towards low carbon ones so they're looking at wind and solar uh some can they do some smaller water power can they look at smrs or other nuclear options and with that re requires that optimization of energy storage now let's talk about ontario for a bit because uh, uh and for for listeners um i just did an interview yesterday and we're recording this on November 10th, 2022. So I did an interview yesterday with Professor Mark Winfield of York University about Ontario's uh, recent reports that have come out and decisions made by the provincial government. And it's a head scratcher. You know, here we are in the time when renewables are the lowest, far and away the lowest cost uh, generation way to generate electricity. Uh, the IEA says that, you know, 95% of new power generation supply going forward will be, will be renewables. And yet Ontario is doubling down on, on, uh, on gas, uh, has terminated its, uh, agreement with, uh, Quebec, uh, for, uh, for, for hydropower and is also, uh, doubling down on nuclear, uh, despite the fact that we don't even know if SMRs will work. We don't know at what cost they'll uh, generate a megawatt hour of electricity. And the the history in the nuclear industry suggests that what you know whatever that there will be cost overruns and and scheduling problems and and it just seems like Ontario is bucking the trend and doing everything backwards, uh, very old style. And yet in your in your uh, study, uh, you've got Ontario far and away uh, having the, the highest potential for energy storage under a net zero scenario. Yeah, and that's right. And you know, there's going to be different parties and different stakeholders will take issue with with what the direction the province is going in terms of a supply mix. What we at, at Energy Storage Canada is, we, you know, we give credit to this government because they did uh, in, embrace the potential for energy storage with one of the largest. Um, energy storage procurements in North America and, and at largest in Canada with up to 2,500 megawatts. Um, so, we, you know, what we say in response to, you know, it, without 
the without energy storage being in this procurement, this province would have to procure up to four gigawatts of natural gas. But now, because energy storage has been incorporated, that cap they've bailed the institute and say, okay, we're not going above one point five. Uh, gigawatts of natural gas. So energy storage has played a substantial role here and now starting to get the, the province in Ontario towards net zero. And that's what our paper talks about. So we have a, we're looking at a potential of about four to five gigawatts by 2035 if the province wants to achieve net zero by 2035. And this procurement is an excellent first step along that, along that way. Oh, okay. So uh, procuring new gas supply is a bad thing. Coupling it with energy storage is a good thing. So the bad thing isn't quite as bad as, we, as it could have been. Is well, the way we look at energy storage is that it optimizes what you have on the grid. So whatever the supply mix that Ontario wants to do, any supply mix that any province wants to do to achieve net zero on, towards their path, energy storage plays that critical role. So it will make more efficient use of the wind and solar, the nuclear, the water power, whatever gas you have remaining on the grid. Um, energy storage makes that better. So, you know, that's where our focus is. Every province is going to have their own unique path towards achieving net zero. We believe with energy storage, you can accelerate that path and actually get as clean as a grid as you deem possible. Okay, fair enough. Um, let's talk about the technology, storage technologies that are available. And again, uh, I have the privilege of being able to talk to you know, different scientists and and uh, and entrepreneur, you know, the startups that are working in this space. And it's mind boggling uh, just how much innovation there is and the uh, how quickly uh, we're developing fairly significant new storage capacity. It's, you know, it's not just lithium ion batteries anymore. It's flow batteries and it's compressed air and it's all sorts of things. Uh, so what, how do you see the storage technology landscape sorting itself out between now and 2035? Well, and that's the exciting thing. And again, I think you nailed it. That This is really beyond lithium batteries. So in the short term, uh, like the Ontario procurement, maybe what we saw in Nova Scotia procurement, you're going to look at lithium batteries because that's what's uh, most readily available and economically viable right today. But in the next five years, 10 years, and in our association, uh, we're technology agnostic with respect to the energy storage technology. So we have some of the most innovative companies you can imagine. So you mentioned compressed air. So that's being uh, done. There's a pilot project already done in Ontario, but there's also work being done by a Canadian company, HydroStore, which is a member of ours, who's doing work uh, overseas. There's also another member of ours, eZinc, who's looking at a zinc-based technology, which is a long-duration energy storage. Um, we also have a member, Malta Inc., who has signed a bit of an MOU with New Brunswick power for about 100 megawatts to explore a thermal energy storage. So really, it's starting to come. So it, it's it's on the horizon. So it's really exciting. And, and in terms of like other batteries, we're looking at other battery chemistries, you can imagine. I, I think you've mentioned others too. So there's a lot of different things out there uh, that, um, you know, we're really excited about seeing. And again, it's beyond just lithium batteries. So by 10 years, I think we're going to see a lot of different uh, configurations helping to grid. Well, speaking of configurations, uh, one of the issues that that's emerged uh, for utilities, um, and this is true in, in Canada as well, and I, it it showed up in an Alberta report I was reading last last year, 
Utilities are worried about big commercial operations, big industrial operations, saying, hey, you know what? Uh, We can install solar on our property and we can generate electricity for, you know, two, three cents uh, a kilowatt hour. And now that storage is coming down in price, uh, we can we can put storage on our on our property pair it with the the renewables and and basically if not get ourselves off the grid uh, we can reduce our our electricity costs and self-generation by big operators is a big concern and how do you what's your take on that so you know what our goal energy storage can't obviously is get as much energy storage on the grid if it's behind the meter residential area all the way to utility scale so we know in ontario there's a lot of behind the meter energy storage uh, being installed by uh, co- commercial industrial customers um, so i think i so had it said at least 200 megawatts so, and, I, and i think it could be up, uh, upwards to more so we're really excited about that it's 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 just it provides option and choice but in terms of with the utilities we have a lot of uh, uh, ldc members uh, from ontario amongst our membership and one of the reports we had also done earlier this year was talk about well the ownership models and how to and how to better incentivize and create and and remove the regulatory barriers to allow LDCs to look at different ownership kind of structures and creative partnerships with those businesses with private entities to to enable more energy storage so I think you know if LDCs and a lot of our members are a lot of our members are LDCs I think they're very interested in kind of enabling energy storage on the grid. So I think there's a path forward. It's just a matter of getting the regulator uh, on board in terms of allowing these creative partnerships. So I I think it's an exciting option for everyone. What role does policy and regulation play here? And and I bring this up because it's my favorite hobby horse. Look down below, you know, south of the border, and the Americans are revamping their electricity landscape. My goodness, regional planning bodies, uh, FERC is in, you know, doing planning and, and regulation, and on and on and on. Uh, where in Canada, uh, you know, that hasn't changed much in the, you know, over decades. And to what extent is regular uh, regulatory frameworks an impediment to the adoption of storage? And how are Canadian uh, regulators and and the their you know the provincial governments that that set the the framework the legislation for them how are they thinking about storage going forward and what are you expecting in terms of changes? Yeah, I I think what you are seeing is some provinces are ahead of the game than others. Ontario and Alberta have uh, really started really to sink their teeth into seeing what regulatory barriers need to be uh, removed and what definitions need to be installed. But I think again you, you spoke about FERC that order FERC. Uh, Order 841, which really set off, really provide a, that excellent signal to in, in the U.S. I think we need something uh, similar to that in each province. But I see this to say, and we're trying to talk with the regulators and system operators about it. Is look, just look at energy storage first. Look at that those non-wireless alternatives, those distributed energy resources. Look at some those first before uh, going to your traditional. Uh, poles and wires, traditional generation asset. You're probably going to need all that, no doubt. But first, kind of look at the non-wires alternative options first to see if that makes more economic sense. And then that's how you do your path forward. So you're right. I think that kind of signal to kind of force people after you know decades of traditional system planning to think a bit differently, I, I think is going to be required. 
Final question, uh, Justin, what about home storage? And the there's two, well, a couple of wrinkles here. Uh, one, of course, is like the Powerwall, Tesla's Powerwall, you know, where the the homeowner actually installs, you know, a battery in the in the garage. But now, we're, you know, there's been a lot of talk over the last three, four years about vehicle to grid integration and with e electric vehicles just taking off so popular and, and getting to be, uh, you know, a larger and larger percentage of new sales every year. Now that you're going to have big batteries sitting in a lot of people's garages. And what does your study say about the integration of those of that storage behind the meter storage at the residential level? Are we looking at virtual power plants, aggregators? Uh, you know, what, what's your take? I, I think that is probably the, the big untapped potential across the country. Um, in terms of that potential with EVs and vehicle to grid and even um, residential energy storage systems, that's the big untapped potential. So uh, I think there's a lot more work that can be done um, over the coming years on really enabling these DERs and uh, distributed energy storage uh, potential. And again, as EVs, as you said, pick up, there's going to be more in people's garages. You're right. That's a battery. That is a way to really optimize the grid. So this, this is a great opportunity. And it's something I get. I, I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. So I expect to see a lot more in the coming years to look at how to better optimize, optimize that potential. Well, Justin, thank you very much for this. Um, I, we will be coming talking to you again in the future because this is a, a subject that is really uh, just sort of percolating uh, into the uh, into the national com energy conversation. We need to have a lot more conversation about it. And uh, so thank you very much for this. Thanks so much for the opportunity.